The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we are going to switch gears here for a bit. And as we head into Remembrance Day, it's important to remember that of the 1.1 million Canadians who served in the Second World War, only about 40,000 are still alive, averaging about 94 years of age. We know that many didn't share their stories of being in the war. The grandfather of our next guest served in World War II, and like a lot of others, did not talk much about what happened. But realizing how important these stories are, he set off to document as many as he could before it is too late. This afternoon, we're joined by filmmaker Eric Brunt, who is working on the documentary called Last One Standing. Eric, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us about your granddad. Your granddad uh, named Clifford Brunt. Tell us about him. Yeah. So he was in the Royal Canadian Air Force and basically... Uh, to be a little technical, he was uh, the wireless operator mm-hmm. on training flights for navigators. So mm. he spent five years in the Air Force, but it's maybe not your typical war story because he never left Canada. So yeah. instead, he was going uh, from base to base, doing whatever was needed on the on the home front. And it made me sort of wonder, I mean, when we think of Remembrance Day, I think a lot of the time, maybe people are thinking of those that were on the front lines, mm-hmm. but there are so many veterans that serve for Canada that... Uh, sacrificed a lot and gave up years of their lives to uh, serve a country that served right here in Canada or maybe uh, had jobs overseas that weren't necessarily the front lines. And so kind of curiosity about that part of the war was what inspired me to uh, meet others, other Second World War veterans. So, Eric, when you were growing up, um, did you talk to your granddad about it at all? Did you ask questions? Honestly, no. And that's kind of my regret for doing that was why I decided to do this. It was was kind of just like a a fact that he was a veteran. It wasn't like he never gave talks or he never gave any interviews. So um, it wasn't more so until after he passed away that I really started thinking and asking asked questions about what exactly he did and made me wish that I had asked those questions oh. before he was still able to uh, answer them. Isn't that the truth? You know, my grandfather was in the Royal Air Force and oh, wow. never, never talked about it. We never talked about it. And I have such an interest in military history now. I wish I could go back yeah. and, and talk to him about it or, you know, felt comfortable talking to him uh, about it. So I understand what you're saying. I think a lot of people can relate to Eric. So yeah. so this, this happened and, and you felt it and said, okay, I'm going to do something I want to find out and hear these stories exactly what what a heck of a journey you've been on over the past what 13 months or so 13 months yeah so basically it was um I I reached I just wanted to know a bit more about the war and so I decided I was going to do a little short documentary just based in Vancouver and Victoria so I started reaching out and I started hearing all these incredible stories from these men and women and these distinctly Canadian stories that you never hear in the movies or much in like the, the, the popular media and all these true war heroes, so, so to speak. And I kind of fell in love with meeting them and, mm-hmm. and kind of uncovering these stories that they, they themselves tell me they never either never told or only told their families and it was only going to be a four-month trip and (laughs) it turned out to be 13 months from coast to coast (laughs) uh now how did you make contact with with folks yeah so um the biggest one i'd say was the royal canadian legion so i'd I'd cold call them and email them and say hey look i'm a guy in his early 20s whose grandfather was in the in the war i'd love to speak to any of your members who might still be living who are world war ii veterans and since they're in their 90s or even 100s they're getting more and more rare as you kind of open the show with but there are some still that are out there and mm-hmm. amazingly 
I'd say about 95% of them still want to share their story and are surprised even that somebody my age wants to hear it, but I was more than excited to hear it. So that was the big thing. And also just putting the word out there on social media, getting people, like for example, if I was coming to Edmonton, getting people to share my story on their Facebook feed. And that led to a lot of uh, grandchildren finding out about me and that therefore connecting me with their grandparents. Eric, how old are you? Uh, I'm 26. You're 26. Um, yeah. When you're talking with uh, with these veterans, you know, veterans who, for the most part, probably didn't talk a whole lot uh, about yeah. it, as you said, but maybe to their families, if so, or maybe with, you know, just reminiscing with buddies. Yeah. Why, when you're, when you're talking with them, why are they telling you this now? So I think there's a few factors there. Um, one of them is that I think they realize that as the title of my film, they are the last one standing. They are the last man from their crew. They're the last man from their ship. And if they don't tell the story, then the, their story of them and their friends may, might get um, lost to time, so to speak. Uh, so I think that's a big factor. Another one is that the fact that I am very close to the age that they were mm. uh, when they served, I think might help because they can maybe relate some things and might help to see a young face interested in, <laughs> in their story. And, and thirdly, I think that the fact that I'm not a family member and that I'm a, a stranger coming in and they don't, they don't necessarily have to worry about saying the wrong thing or potentially making their children feel upset and can kind of just be open with me and someone that knows quite a bit about the wars and is well-versed in that language. Uh, I think that also really helps them open up and, and it's, it's incredible because they'll, they'll tell me a story and they'll say, I, I can't believe I told you that. I've actually never even told anyone that before. Yeah. And, that's just such an incredible sentence to hear and something that's been very humbling on my side. What an incredible privilege for you. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, to be almost, uh, you know, the keeper of these stories, some which have been, you know, told only for the first time. I have a friend of mine, his name's Al Cameron, and he started a project mm. years ago called Voices uh, uh, Veteran Voices of Canada. Veterans yeah, Voices of, of Canada, yeah. yeah. And, and doing doing this, going across the country and again, taping all of this and hoping to be able to donate it to the War Museum at some totally. point. And he's doing such great work. Eric, when, when people People, when, when these men and women were telling you their stories, can you can you take me a little bit through the the emotional roller coaster for them? Because I'm guessing some were rather stoic. I'm so, I'm guessing yeah. that there might have been some laughs. But I suspect, yeah. isn't it always amazing though? Too the the emotion that comes out. It's how many years later? Yeah, for sure. I think that um, like I I, I like, like just for example, like someone in the Air Force, like you talk to them and. You hear about them joining up in their excitement and uh, meeting their buddies and then going overseas for the first time. And there is this excitement and there is this comedy. And a lot of them met their girlfriends and potentially wives over in England. So there's a bit of romance involved. So it's really becoming this uh, movie, so to speak, <laughs> as they tell their story. And then, and then you hear them go into operation. And to be most, I think most people overseas who served in the Air Force were in bomber command. So basically what we were trying to do is uh, drop bombs over mainland Europe and you're supposed to hit 30 operations and once you hit that you were kind of given a uh, usually a pass to go home to start training others in Canada so it's almost like make it to your 30 and you're going to survive the war yeah. and that's when the the stories kind of take a dark twist and you hear about friends that were in other crews that didn't make it and things they do for good luck to make sure they they'd stay alive and close calls they had when they were hit by either enemy planes or flak from down below and it's like uh you can't like it just all of a sudden gets so real and so intense and i think maybe the uh culmination of all this was 
I met one veteran in actually Saskatoon who knew my great uncle, who was also wow. a pilot during the war. And we kind of had a moment there, and he actually had a photo where the two of them were together the day they got wow. their wings. So a really proud day to be a pilot. You got your wings. You're, you're kind of the man. Like, you now can fly a plane, and you're going to go, to go into operational training or yeah, go overseas. And the photo is this veteran I'm talking to, my great uncle, and two other men. And he says, the veteran tells me this photo sums up the war as a pilot because if you're a Canadian pilot and you went overseas to – do your operation, you had about a 50% chance of coming back unscathed. And me and your great uncle came back, and these other two men in this photo, they didn't make it. So right there you have two of the four that didn't come back. And that kind of just really brought it back in a way that I could never imagine. And whenever I think about uh, the sacrifices, and especially in terms of the Air Force, that's uh, an image that I will always, I think, stick with me for the rest of my life. Eric Brunt is a is a, fi- a filmmaker. He's producing the documentary called Last One Standing. Eric, I need to take a quick break here, but I sure. have a couple of questions, a couple more questions for you, uh, including I want to know what your what your grandfather would think about what you're doing. That's Certainly. when we come back. Hold on. So Eric Brunt has been on a 13-month journey from the West Coast to the East Coast, interviewing like 400 or more veterans of the Second World War, hearing their stories. It's for a documentary that he's producing called Last One Standing. Uh, Eric, so of the veterans that you have interviewed, mm-hmm. have you have some of them passed? Yeah, so that's unfortunately one of the most unexpected parts t- taking this on, but uh, I'd say it's probably the hardest part was uh, the fact that they're in their 90s and 100s. Mm-hmm. Is a number of them, I believe now as many as uh, 60 of the veterans I've interviewed have since passed. Mm. And it's almost to a point where I get about an email a week from one of their relatives telling me that, um, just letting me know about them passing. But it's it's difficult and it's hard when you've sat down in the living room of someone's home for a few hours and heard about some of their uh, maybe some of their happiest but also some of the darkest days of their life you always have some sort of a bond and um, but in a way it's made me determined to make this the best uh, possible film I can and know that their stories are kind of uh, on my shoulders so to speak and I'm mm-hmm. kind of now their their voice to make sure that these stories maybe never heard before are, are heard and what kind of pressure does that feel it's like a <laughs> it's a lot but it's good because it's puts gas in the in my tank of motivation and also i'm i make sure that i uh i provide the families with copies of the interview um on dvd so uh, a number of veterans who have passed their families have gotten an hour or two hours sometimes a three-hour interview with their relative that they may not even know existed until that point and uh, i love hearing the feedback from that that's always a rewarding experience eric you have a lot of footage to go through oh yeah i do <laughs> tell me about it how, how, do, how do you oof, man i, I yeah. can't even imagine yeah it's uh it's quite something for sure so right now i'm in the, the post-production stages so I, i'm in victoria bc so i kind of uh work from home usually and um, going through these stories and taking out the highlights that I think best uh, sum up certain experiences. And it's going to be about an hour and a half of, uh, of film, the, the final documentary. And then I hope to use the, the rest of the footage that I don't use and uh, donate it to a museum, whether that's a Canadian War Museum or something else, uh, just so that these stories can be used in future research. Yeah, great idea. Eric, um, what, would your fa- or what would your grandfather think of what you're doing? 
Yeah, uh, he would probably have quite the chuckle because he was always a bit of a character, and uh, he, he makes some sort of joke, I'm sure. But uh, I think he—I I hope, I, I think he'd be uh, proud, and I, I do wish that he was around so that he could be uh, part of it, or even better, he could see the finished product and uh, know that it kind of all came from not knowing his stories. Uh, I wonder if he'd even tell me anything mm-hmm. <laughs> after all this, but. Um, yeah, that would be, would have been amazing. But, you know, yeah. you you've learned a lot. You know, maybe more of the you know a lot of the technical stuff when we were talking yeah. about you know uh, what your what your granddad did that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But when you look at it on a on a on a human level, when you look at it as you know those veterans across from you, mm-hmm. what did what lessons did you learn about that generation? It, they're the most like self selfless generation ever. Like they, um, they always say, "Oh, I didn't do much," and then you hear what they did, and it's uh, usually incredible. And they're people who, I mean, imagine. Well, I, I, it's easy for me to imagine, but just uh, um, imagine you're in your youth, and you can you could get married, you could go to university, you could get your dream job, you could travel the world, but instead they put that all on hold uh, just to stand up for the military because they knew that it was their duty, or they had there was some sort of pressure that they knew they had to do it to sign up and uh, protect our freedom and defend it against an evil that was many thousands of miles away. And that just blows me away. I don't know. It's hard to compare myself or even my generation with that sort of uh, loyalty and sacrifice. But that that's, I think, what blows me away the most is just their yeah, the unbelievable selflessness. On that note, uh, Eric, um, I, I'm going to wrap things up here. You can learn more sure. about Last One Standing at ericbruntmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's just a fabulous project, Eric, and, and I can't wait to see it when it's all done. Please keep us updated. I'm following Certainly. you on Twitter now. And, I love it. Uh, and <laughs> let's talk again, okay? Yes, thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again, Eric Brunt. It is called Last One Standing, the documentary that he's working on. Traveled across the country. Um, you know, pretty much paid for it himself. Did a, a bit of a GoFundMe as well. Looking for a distributor now uh, as well for the documentary. His website, if you want to learn more, ericbruntmedia.com.